everyone. How are we doing? Yes, feeling good? Wasn't worship just so uplifting? My goodness, I, they're doing just a great job. Thank you for the lights. Y'all can see me now. Can you hear me now? Can you see, are y'all good? What's up, Emily? How are you doing? Good to see you. Well, anybody come to the first conference? Man, whew, was it refreshing or what? One late, yes. yes let's, give, let's, give, let's take a second to give God some glory, can we? Yes. Yes, we can. We uh, had one lady come in. She, she was held me up from starting the message last week, when I'm, I'm, or this morning, and I'm great with that. She said, I just got to tell you, thank you for the first conference. She said, it, it was like a fresh spring rain in a dry summer desert. And I said, isn't that how the Holy Spirit should be? When he shows up, he just starts to, to moisten everything that was dry in our lives. And that is how we are supposed to live. That is just natural, normal Christian life. And that's what we're all, what's what we're all going after. And that's all we, if we don't know, and that may be why you're like, I don't know what's next. That's where we go. That's, that, that's our journey. That's our, that's our journey. And so we're, we're just building off of that. And I, I know God still has some great things. He did some great things in the service, the first service. And so I know he's got even more. You don't, you don't even know what you walked into. You're like, I thought it was a holiday weekend. I got MLK weekend. I get to get on break. Not, not with the Lord. He's got something for you every time you open up your eyes. And so I just want to encourage you with that. So every time you wake up, just say, Lord, thank you for ordering my footsteps today. Thank you that you're a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I promise you he'll just readjust your heart and the direction and the places that he's taking you. And even how you go down the steps of where you're going through each day. And with that, how many people are on the, with us on the 21 days of prayer and fasting? Hey, that's what I'm talking about. It's a good group of people. When God begins to see a people like that initiate something, move and make space for him, he just shows up. And so as Joey was talking about the first fruit offerings that we bring in the, in the beginning of every year, it's, it's a faith saying, God, you're so faithful. I know you're going to show up in magnificent ways. And here's, here's my, my offering to you. We do ask that you hear from the Holy Spirit on what that should be. But in the same way as we fast in the beginning, it's a spiritual first fruits offering unto the Lord, creating space, Lord. It's about you and my life, and I want you to guide my life. Help me from the past. Help me from what I've, I've been struggling with. And even the plateau spiritually that I've hit, I'm ready for more. And then he begins to respond. And we saw the fruit of that in our first fruits, I mean, our first conference this Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And I'm telling you, God showed up in a powerful way. Every night, he had something different and spectacular every night for somebody and, and, and for many people. Anybody who wanted it, he was here in response. And so how many, how many thought you were sick this week, but in reality, you had the fasting flu? Like, oh, that's what it is? I should have warned you. I'm so sorry. I forgot. I should have told you drink a lot of distilled water. All those toxins that are in your body are getting flushed out. When your body started being achy and crampy, it wasn't, it wasn't COVID or flu. It's just, it's called fasting, and those toxins are leaving your body in Jesus' name. And your body's like, wait a minute, I got that in Thanksgiving and Christmas. That was from New Year's. What are you doing? Cleansing. <laughs> Cleansing. And isn't it good that the next day you felt better? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Praise God for feeling better. Well, that, so that, that 21 days of fasting, if you haven't, if you haven't started 
hey, no worries. you got 14 more days. Jump on in with us. It's time, time to get busy. Our posts are on Facebook, social media every day, what, what we're praying and meditating on, the scriptures. And then also I want you to pray into, as you're fasting, into uh, registering to be a Thrive Tribe leader. It's important for us to have Thrive Tribe small groups and be in a small group because Really, it's a safe place for, for the all, the more that God has for us in the sense of, of watching his, his presence move. It happens even more so in small groups if we'll so allow him and make space for him because it's, it's a relational. It's a safe place. It's a place where, okay, let, let's, see, let's see what God has for us tonight in this space. And then we begin to allow the Holy Spirit, allow God to move in our lives because Jesus is gone, by the way. And he left the Holy Spirit with us. He sent the Holy Spirit. Are you all good with that? Everybody's like, I'm not going to let go of Jesus. He's gone. He sent the Holy Spirit for you and I, okay? Let go of the past. And so then lastly, tonight, sorry about that. Tonight we have our next steps experience. If you never got plugged in and you're like, I don't know about Thrive. I'm not sure what they're about, where they come from. This is a dinner for you. If you're saying, I want to know how I get plugged in, how do I start serving, how do I, how do I know more about even becoming a men, member at Thrive, this is where you get plugged in. And I'm telling you, you'll never start living and finding life until you start giving life away. And it's through this path right here. And so lastly, we have our mission trip coming up January 30th. I want to invite all of you to come, whoever, if the Holy Spirit is leading, you're like, man, I really feel like I should be on that trip, but drop the butt and just be on the trip. And if the Lord is leading you to do it, he will provide for you to be there. And if, and if he's providing for you to be there and he's prompting you to do it, I'm telling you, he has some miraculous things on the other side as you arrive, as you get there. And once you commit and, and adversity starts to pick up and starts to step up in your way, just know that's because God has great things on the other side of this adversity. Y'all with me? Can somebody hear me? All right. Going to be finding new places in your spiritual journey this year. We're on week three of Be Still and Know. We talked last week about being passionate about God, being passionate about what God has. Ooh, the mysteries of God, being still and know. I just can't get over that sound. It just gets me every time. Well... I'm going I'm to read the, this, this phrase, if you've probably heard it a thousand times, you've probably seen it on some plaque or, or a board or something in someone's house. Well, it comes from Psalms 46, and it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the earth. I will be exalted among the nations. And so I'm going to read to you Psalms 46 in its entirety, but I want, to, I want you to see how what we've been going through and the, the messages that we've already been speaking and really the year, you're going to see how, how it connects with Psalms 46. You're going to see how what God says in Psalms 46 is really, is really an assignment for all the, of us in New, the New Testament to co-labor with him. And let me just dive into reading that because God is our refuge. He's our hiding place, our resting place, our place that when, when it feels like all heck is breaking loose, I can go and I can, I can be in him. He's our refuge and strength. He, he's, a, he's not far. He's not distant. He's not way away from us. He's a, he's a very present. He's right here. Like God's omnipresence is in this place. In fact, some are already experiencing his manifest presence because in worship you started to feel different than when you came in. That's a, that's a, that's a drop, a teardrop of the manifest presence of God of you feeling different 
It's not about you. It's about his presence. You entering in, and he showed up, and he's responding, and you're feeling his presence in a manifest way, a very present help in trouble. Verse 2, therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, be removed and the, the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, even though the world feels shaky and it feels like everything's inconsistent and nobody knows what's going on, we're not going to fear. Come on, church. We're not going to fear. Oh, okay. Though its waters roar and be troubled, and though the mountains shake with swelling, rest, Selah, meditate on the truth of who God is and what he says. Verse 4. Therefore, is a, there is a river, rather, whose streams shall make glad the city of God. Anybody know who that river is? Whose streams may, shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. Let me tell you, God's the river of God, the river of, of life is flowing through his church. And when we come and drink of it, we get everything that we need to be able to walk in his presence and his goodness and the, everything that he has for us and everything that he is. God is in the midst of her. He's here. He's present. She shall not be moved. God shall help. He shall help. Where are you at, God? Waiting on you. He shall help. He, her, he shall help her just at the break of dawn. Oh, when it all feels like it's breaking loose and it feels like everything is going to be destructive. Oh, no, he's going to take care of his church. He's providing life with the river. He has got his hand upon her. His, she is actually a refuge, and you and I are the church. That's why we come in corporately, and we, go, we come in corporately, and we go out. And we, as we apply the truths of who God says we are and what he's called us to do in his word, he begins to respond. We are initiating an act, and he responds to our act. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob, the God of Israel, is our refuge, our hiding place, our safe place, our covering. And I don't even have to go to a place to hide. He is my covering as I'm mobilized. As I just begin to move in God because I am doing the things that he's called me to do, not out, of, not out of duty, but out of a delight, I'm carrying the refuge, his presence. Meditate on it. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. And this is what happens whenever we begin to, to, to function in the fullness of who we are, our identity in Christ. All of a sudden, we behold the works of the Lord. He's doing it. He's using us to do it. And even for us, as we take care of his business, he's taking care of our business, and he's doing the things that are on our heart as long as we'll hand them to him so that we can do the things that are on his heart. Behold the works of the Lord. And I'm carrying this protection called the refuge of God. Who has made desolations in the earth? He makes wars to, to, to wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow, the bow, and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots in the fire. Come on, somebody, because when wars are breaking out, it's not going to take a bunch of people rising up to go and fight a battle as much as it's going to take a people rising, a church to rise up and spiritually begin to walk in the fullness of who we're called to be. And once we do, He does the work. This is how he fights our battle. Number 10, verse 10, be still and know that I am God, because as we will be who he says we are, he will be exalted among the nations. He will be exalted among the earth. The Lord of hosts is in here. 
He's with us. The God of Jacob, the God of Israel, is our covering, our safe place. He protects us as we do what he's calling us to do. And let me just show you this in Matthew 16, 18. He says, Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Like as we're just being who he's called us to be, he will build his church. The church will be extended. He'll build his, his church inside of us because we are the body of Christ. And he'll build his physical church. And what happens is, as we do the work of the ministry that we're called to do, and we're reaching a lost and a hurting world, he strengthens them with his mighty hand. He, he reaches them for himself through us. His church is being built, and the more we'll begin to come into agreement and learn his foundational truths, he strengthens us. He prepares us for the difficult adversities, and he builds his church in such a way that the gates of Hades will not overcome us. So we can stand firm, holding the line, that while the earths are shaking, the mountains are swelling, and it looks like all heck is breaking loose, oh, no, 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 because by faith, I know the experience of my God and who he is. I do what I'm called to do in him because it's a delight and not a duty, and he's going to do his part even when it feels like chaos is the next step. He brings order because he is our refuge in the midst of chaos. We don't experience chaos. We experience order because we're walking in him. And I know it's a lot, but I'm trying to open you up to the more that God actually has for you and the more than what you were previously either understood or willing to settle for. And so in Isaiah 28, 16, therefore, thus says the Lord God, this is a word from the Lord through Isaiah to the Old Testament people, the people in the Hebrew people. Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. And the context of this is government institutions were crumbling. And Zion is, a, is an Old Testament type of today of the church. And he's saying, I've laid a firm foundation uh, with my church. It's tested, it's tried, it's proved. Jesus put his stamp on it. He left so that we could establish it with the work of the Holy Spirit. He has, I have laid a firm foundation with my church. And those who land on it and stick to it, they won't be easily shaken. They won't be hasty in making decisions because who knows fear-based decisions are never blessed. Let me ask this question. Who makes really great decisions when you're angry? No hands. Who makes really great decisions when you're full of fear? Greg only. Well, we know better. And I'm telling you, God is setting us up for success in this time. If we'll just adhere and hold on and fall on the foundations of his word and really say, Lord, I'm done with doing it my way. I want to know more of what it is that you have for me in this thing called a spiritual journey, this thing called life. I want everything that you come with. And as we said last week, we've got to revive our passions for what God is passionate for. It's time to revive those passions yet again. And as we stay steadfast and consistent, God will cause us to emerge from the, the rubble of this era, and the church is going to come out looking pretty. 
Yes, yeah. I'm happy about it, and I'm going to do my part. I'm just trying to encourage his body to do their part. So let's just, let's just pray this, because God says in his words, the zeal for God's house consumed Jesus. So shouldn't the zeal for God's house consume us? So pray with me. Father, we just ask that we, we make room for you, and Lord, everything that we were zealous and passionate for, but for in, in 2021, Father, thank you that you've removed it. Thank you that all things that do not give life have, are being removed from us. And Father, we just ask that you ignite through this fast and through this prayer and through this day, you, you begin to ignite a new zeal for your house, for your tabernacle, for your church, Father. Let a zeal burn for us, for your church, your kingdom church to be established in Jesus' mighty name. Can we talk about pursuing all that God has today? Because everything that Nathan has is nowhere near the things that God has. And, and everything that I have is not enough to go where God is taking us in life in general. And I need a little bit more. And many of us, we just want the fire insurance. I just don't want to go to hell. I don't know about that other stuff. I just heard if I don't say, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior, I'm going to hell. So I'll just say that and stay there. And when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Like, I'm stuck on this idea that everything's going to be great once I get to heaven, but I got to live through hell knowing that I'm saved now. And that's such a lie. It's such a lie. But the mentality leaves us still unsettled in our hearts that I'm just, I'm saved, just waiting for the bus. No, I'm saved, and now I got some things to do. If we, were, if we were going to learn about how to be still and know, then it's going to take us pursuing all that God has for us. And we're, we are each going to have to get involved in what we call a spiritual journey. And this is the birthright of Thrive, where we came from, what is inside of us, because it's what God's Word says. We, are, we must be a people committed to passionately pursuing all that God is so that we can receive all that God has. And when we make room for Him... And not just make room, we pursue him. Him. He begins to give us things that we didn't even know existed. The mystery boxes of faith in our lives begin to open up and unfold. And the more that he has for us just gets poured inside of us. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of resistance when you take these steps. Now, let me offend anybody, but when you start to move from religion to into the deep relationship that God has for you, all of, a people, all of a sudden people are like, I don't know about you. I knew there was something weird about them. I knew there was something. I knew it finally come out. Yep. I knew it. And the same thing happened to Jesus, by the way, in John 6, 66. He had many disciples. And when he asked them to go a deeper level, take a deeper level, another step with him, all of a sudden, they're like, mm-mm, no, 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 no. This is it. This is where he lost his mind. He's crazy. And all the, the church left him. Can you believe it? The church left Jesus. What is a church without Jesus? A Lions Club? Chamber of Commerce? Uh, what else? What are the clubs you got? He's out. It's a lion. It's a club. It's a meeting without the lion. But the ones that stayed... He said, aren't you, aren't you going to? 
He goes, well, they said, well, where will we go? You're the one who has all the answers for life. And if our heart is that today, where, where will we go? Jesus is the one who has all the answers for life. And I'm telling you, God will show up in your, in your life, in your family, in your relationships, in your marriage, in your finances in a way that is exponentially far greater than anything that you have ever experienced. But it's going to take a little getting rid of control. Everybody said amen to that. I'm ready for getting rid of control. Yay. And this, so I'm going to address some reasons why people pump the brakes and, and they fall away. In 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10, it says, However, as it is written... No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. One came back. Hey, man, pray, man. Praise God. By his spirit. And some people think, some people think, oh, he's talking about heaven. No. He's talking, it's a very present time conversation, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. And this, the word spirit is a word that people are very unfamiliar with. I didn't even know there was a spirit. Unfamiliar with. It's the word spirit, which is pneuma, is where we get our word, the, the word pneumonia. And by the way, you got to know it's a demonic attack with people who are struggling with pneumonia because it's the breath of life that is in our lungs and the, 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 the enemy of our lives, the enemy of the Almighty is attacking the very breath of life, the very thing that strengthens us for the, for the things that we need in order to fulfill His will. And however, here's the adverse. If we'll seek the breath of life, then He'll give us more of His breath and in such a way, he will fill us up to overflow, and he will strengthen us, and you will have an empowered life. And so there's an attack on life. You just don't know that when pneumonia comes, you think it's just a sickness. No, no, no. It's an attack on the breath of life. It's an attack on God himself. Because he's created you, and he's destined you for greater things. That's really good. And this is where, what is what draws me in and hopes, and I hope it'll draw you in too, the next part of this verse. It says, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. The Spirit searches all things. I, I want to go deeper. I want to know more. What it's going to take walking with the Holy Spirit in order to get there because he's the one who searches the deep things of God in order to bring them to us in order to reveal them. No, 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 no. I just don't want to go to hell. And I'm telling you, you need this more than ever. This is not optional. This is a necessity. And with all the unrest and chaos, it is time for the church to rise up and be who we're called to be. But it's going to take reestablishing within ourselves the foundation and the foundations and the things that makes God's church distinctive. It looks different than the rest of the world. And that's a great thing. It's a great thing when we look different from the rest of the world and we can bring something to the world and a, a, a resolve to the answers that they didn't for otherwise have. And the one who searches the deep things of God has all the answers. The spirit, the pneuma, the breath of life. In 1 Corinthians 4 and 5 says, 2, 4 and 5 says, 
my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. And by the way, Paul can say this, the Apostle Paul, who was there to extend the church with the work of the Holy Spirit. He was a missionary church planter. And he was, he was also a, a, a graduate from the seminary of seminaries in that time. So he could say, oh, I, could have, I got a lot of wise words for you, but I'm not here to impress you with those. But instead, but instead, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. You know, the world, they don't care about, about your words of wisdom and all the things that you can say and do. But when the answer and the words of wisdom come through power and a demonstration of God's power, oh, you got their attention now. And that's who we're called to be. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Oh, you said some good words, but when God did this, oh, it lit everything up. And if you were here, I don't know if you were here, let me show you two chapters later, 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, a lot of chit-chat talking about things that don't even happen in your church. And you sure ain't taking it out in the streets. It is, the li- it is living by God's power. Oh, no, no, it happens in the church, and it happens outside. It happens in our small groups because it is the power of God living. Scripture says when the kingdom, when you speak to the kingdom, the kingdom shows up, and kingdom does kingdom things. That's the power of God in action. And if you weren't here Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, let me tell you, six people got saved on Sunday night. Several people got healed. By the way, yes, let's just take, can somebody give Jesus a praise clap? One person got healed who, pain, who has had pain for, by getting struck by lightning for years, joint pain. Next night, Monday night comes and says, thank you so much. I slept all night, and she had been sleepless, had no, no sleep-filled night uh, for years, slept all night, and no pain in my body. The next night, came, slept again all night, no pain in my body. Another lady, arm being able to have full, full range of motion in her arms. Other, uh, uh, Monday night, Monday night, people were receiving inner healing, inner healing from old things, from hurts and wounds, and, and you could just see it, and God was just pouring out upon them. You could see the response to what he was doing. People came up for healing. There were people who had pains in their legs and pain, pain across their chest, their lower, lower chest, and God was healing them. They were responding to the power of God, and God was doing a work. And they come back with confirmation. Tuesday night, people were getting touched by the Holy Spirit, and and God was healing them from emotional wounds as well. People were getting healed, blood issues, thyroid issues. One man had said he had a back pain for 16 years. God touched him, and he left there saying, I can't believe it, Pastor Nathan, I have no pain. Not by persuasive words, but by the power of God. And it's him doing it. It's him doing it. But he, we're making rooms, room as holy, empty vessels. And holy does not mean I'm just all right and perfect. By the way, I'm not perfect. It means I'm set apart. Like I'm, I'm setting apart myself for God. I'm, when I fast, I'm making room. And God shows up and his power does too. Yes. yes. We need that. This world needs that. And so I'm going to tell you about three baptisms that are available to you that all come with a sense of power. And every one of them are important. And I want to give you a little bit of a theological teaching that's with it. And the word baptism really has nothing to do, baptism has nothing to do with water. 
It means in the baptizo, the Greek word, it means to fully immerse oneself. Fully immerse, just I'm sunk into something. I'm under something, fully under something. And in this case, the first baptism, which is the most important baptism, by the way, is baptism into the body of Christ, and that's salvation. And the Holy Spirit, Scripture says the Holy Spirit leads us and baptizes us into Christ. So it's the Holy Spirit that's doing the baptism when we come to Christ. And no one comes, no one comes, to, the Holy, comes to Jesus unless the Holy Spirit is leading them. So when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit, you've had an interaction with the Holy Spirit because he baptized you into Jesus. You were baptized by the blood of Jesus in the salvation. So when you, join, when you join Jesus, you don't just get Jesus. You get the whole family. Somebody say, oh, yay. <laughs> by the way, you need Jesus. Jesus is the best part of your salvation. But even Jesus is saying, hey, this is kind of the kiddie pool stuff. Anybody have a kiddie pool at your public uh, pool? I did. Sabine, pool, Yay. I loved to sit in it when I was a kid. I'd go over there and play in the kiddie pool. But I can't stay in the kiddie pool. And many of us are in the kiddie pool because I just don't want to go to hell. Now I'm good. My ankles are nice and refreshed. I'm even getting little prunes on my feet, but my hands hadn't even been touched. Ooh, I'm touching somebody right there. And 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For we were all baptized by one spirit, there's the Holy Spirit, into one body. Hallelujah, we're a part of each other. And when you struggle, I struggle. And when I struggle, you struggle. Because we're here to edify one another and build up one another. We are all a part of one another. And boy, if Satan can just try to create some division. And so, but we are not just individuals. Because if we were, we could just send out information to people. Here, here's some good Bible knowledge. Here's a few, here's a few verses. Don't worry about coming in for corporate worship. And if you're online... It's time to come in, time to get out of those PJs. And so (laughs) we're here to come in for corporate worship because we need one another. We need one another to grow with one another, to to worship with one another, to hold each other accountable to the things of God, not in a religious way, but in a way of that's going to really hurt you and some other people if you keep going that way. But I'm going to walk this thing out with you so we can do something better. We can do it a better way. We can do it God's way. Come on. Let me pray for you right now. Don't go. Don't go there. We need each other. You're not going to get that on the couch. You're not going to get that in the bar. You're not going to get that in the world. And that's why we have Thrive Tribes. That's why we're inviting you. Come on, get plugged in. Take, take a year, commit a year of this spiritual journey, of your life to this spiritual journey. And I'm telling you, if you will just go all in with the things that God has laid out in his word, which we understand and we're putting into practice at Thrive Community Church, I'm telling you, there's no one that has done this with me that said, hey, you know what? I regret that. But in fact, you'll look back and say, this has been the best year of my life. And in the worst era of your life, I promise you, it will be the best year of your life. But you have to commit to going all in. You can't half-step with God. Galatians 3, 26, 27 says, You are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves in Christ. Now, that's the first baptism. Listen to what he said. You've clothed yourself in Christ. Now, Christ is, is on you, the blood of Jesus. Like, you're clothed in Christ. And Scripture would also say that the Holy Spirit is sealed in your heart for a promise that is to come. What's that promise, Pastor Nathan? Well, I'm going to get there. 
But the next baptism is a water baptism. Water baptism, a public declaration of my faith. So you can be saved and not water baptized. I want to mess with some because some denominations will say the opposite. That you have to be water baptized in order to be saved. But you know why I know that's not, that's not true? Because it, was, it would infringe on God's word. Because you are saved by grace through faith and apart from any works. And if I have to be baptized, that's a works that I do in order to get saved. The salvation is the most. You can go to heaven with just salvation, fire insurance, but why would you? It's also a time for us to make a public declaration, which is also not religious, but a spiritual moment where it's saying, I'm severing spiritually from the old person that I am, and behold, the new has come. Because when Scripture says, you're going down old, and behold, the new. It's, I, I, I struggle with this, and I'm deciding I'm deciding that it's no longer going to be who I am. Yes, I'm in Christ. Anybody ever get saved? When you got saved, did you have joy, but you still had all the bondage inside? Yes, we do. And it's like a tidal wave at a baseball game. Hey! Yes, we do. And we're slowly working all of that out. But we need the baptism of water as well. Acts 2.41 says, Those who accepted his message were baptized. This is the second baptism. And Matthew 10, 30, uh, 32 and 33 says, Whoever acknowledges me before men, I, also, I will also acknowledge him before my heavenly Father. And that's good news. But he says, But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Let me tell you, everything that God has them and more is going to come with some point. You're going to have to get out in front of others to get it. Because it's letting go of that pride and that insecurity and that control that God begins to fall upon you. And that's water baptism. We have a registration is open. January 30th is our next water, our water baptism in both services, by the way, because we have so many people getting baptized this January. Isn't that a great? Yes. But I want to get you into the third baptism, and that's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And this is where... Like John 6, 6, 6, so many people just start to walk away. Nope, 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 I'm out. Mm -mm. But this is where we start to live the empowered life. This is where we start to live and have the tools that we need to move beyond the bondage that we're carrying into salvation. I don't know why I still struggle with lust and I feel still lonely and I still, I still battle with my attitude. You need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. You need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit? Jesus. Scripture says that Jesus is the one who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. So when we're not receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we're saying, Jesus, nope, I don't want everything that you have. You can keep that to yourself. And I'm going to show you how it's separate experiences. And because some denominations, people are afraid of, the bab of this baptism. Because some denominations say, well, you have to speak in tongues when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's just not true. And they say it even more so that it must look like you must be the initial physical evidence of speaking in tongues. In fact, they go far, so far as to say that you're not even going to heaven unless you speak in tongues. Is Jesus checking your heavenly, heavenly language at the, at the gates? No. No, he is not. But I'm telling you this. You sure will live an empowered life whenever you, start to, you were willing to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I, I can tell you again... If it has to do with works, it denounces and degrades everything that Jesus did on the cross. In Acts 1.8, it 
The scripture says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Why? To be his witness, a witness to him, to Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the utmost parts of the world. What he's saying is, when the whole, how will I know the Holy Spirit has come upon me? Well, you're going to receive power. Power for what? To be a witness for him, to go out into the world and reach others for Christ. And as you do, as you go out, in the, in the act, the faith act of reaching others, the gifts of the Spirit just start to flow through you. What you need in that time, all of a sudden, you're like, I don't know where that came from. Anybody ever said something in a moment of conversation? You're like, I wasn't even thinking that, but this came out. It's a gift from the Spirit. As you do, now I will say this. Once you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you do receive access to what Scripture calls as a prayer language. If you're willing to let go of control and say, God, I want everything that you have, Jesus, I will receive your baptism, then he'll baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And if you'll go so far as to say, you know what, Holy Spirit, I'll receive everything that you have too, but please don't make me look spooky. Because he doesn't possess anybody. He doesn't make you jump up over the pews. He doesn't make you bark like a dog. And why would you let other people's representation of God keep you from receiving all that God has for you? And you know how, why, and this is a work from the enemy? Because it creates division when people are unwilling to hear the truth of what God has and the church you can't be edified because scripture says that I'm edified when I pray in my prayer language I'm built up I'm strengthened why so I can go out and be a witness for Jesus so I can overcome the strongholds that are in my life the stuff from the past so I can so I can let go of the yesterdays and truly let go of the yesterdays, but it's going to take a spirit baptism. And I'm telling you, Tuesday night, people were getting baptized in the spirit right here. And the same presence is still here, and that's his presence. He's a, a very present God, as scripture just said. I'm going to invite a prayer team to come forward. If you are here even on Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday, I'm going to invite you to come forward and help us with prayer. Pete, would you come up here? Stephen, would you come up here? And today, I, I know God has more for you. And it's time for us to truly pursue all that God has for us. And, I, and I'm asking you to be so bold and, and so tired of the way life has been that you're willing to step out because it's all going to take some kind, of, some kind of public activity, action, if you need prayer for healing today, here's your people. I want to encourage you right now, don't even, don't even hesitate to come forward. If you need prayer for inner, inner healing, there's something emotionally you've been dealing with and you need a touch from, a, from a, a, our holy God, come forward. 
If, if, you are, if you have never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, listen, Scripture says through the laying on of hands. Scripture also says they went to see some people who had gotten saved and baptized, and they said, have you received the Holy Spirit? They said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And that's where many of you are. I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. But would you come and meet him today? Would you be so bold to let go of control and say, oh, Jesus, because you're receiving from Jesus, I'm willing to receive everything that you have to offer, Jesus. If you're wanting the gifts of the Spirit to be operable in your life, and you've received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, then come forward. Because in Romans 1.11, Paul says, I wish I was with you so I could impart some spiritual gift. Oh, you've been wondering how to operate in a spiritual gift? Maybe it's today through the impartation of laying on of hands in prayer. Who doesn't want that? No, there's people looking. Let me just say it this way. They may not be there when you're in times of need, but the Holy Spirit will. I don't mean to be rude. Feeling lonely, not with the Holy Spirit, you're not. He's my friend. He's my comforter. He's my counselor. He's my helper in my times of need. That's scripture. Oh, I feel so empty. Not when the Holy Spirit, because he fills you up upon request. Oh, if you're uncomfortable today, I'm so sorry. The word is very uncomfortable. The word is always trying to get us out of our comfort zones. Because the word is the one who Jesus is the Logos. He is the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. And all things, all of this that you see, even you come through him. And nothing is established without him. So you're just going back to your roots. If you're there and you're like, I don't know about this, I refuse to come forward, at least pray with me. I hope if you will just open your arms like this, just in a receiving manner, and let your posture and your soul, if it is well with your soul, let it be well with your soul, and just in a receiving manner, let go of all the, all the lies and this deceit. In fact, let's do this. Lord, I repent for being under false teaching for something that you have for me. And I renounce the lies that you are weird, that you will possess me, that you will do things that I don't want to do. And I renounce the lie that the Holy Spirit and the gifts are for yesterday and not today. Let's take it this much further. Please forgive me, Holy Spirit, for not receiving you. And right now, we forgive every person that has wronged us by faith. We ask you forgive us for holding resentment and anger and bitterness against them. We ask that you bless them with all the spiritual blessings that you have in heaven for them. And Holy Spirit, right now, I release control. I don't want to hold anything back, and I don't want to put you in a box. I'm here to receive everything that you have for me. Jesus, I ask that you baptize me in your Holy Spirit. And then just receive. 
may start feeling lighter. You may start feeling tingling. You may start feeling his presence. You may start wanting to weep. You may start feeling emotional. I'm telling you, go there with him because he will bring some inner healing of things you've been carrying for years. And God is in the restoration business and he is wanting to heal you from the pains of the past and begin to walk this journey out with you. Can somebody give us a good amen and a hand clap? Come on. Can I just say, nothing except for me weird happened today. <laughs> I'm the weirdest moment today. And people are receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I assure you. Because scripture says, if you ask, you will receive. And let me just pastor you in this for a minute. As you have received, just begin to continue to rest in the feelings and the sensation and the presence in which you begin to feel. Don't get nervous and anxiety, anxious. Don't start to get weirded out and start pushing him away. You have to relax. You have to, re you have to rest in your soul. It has to be well with your soul. You have to receive. Staying in a receiving posture. I just receive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for that gift. Because Jesus has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So we thank you. I'm going to pray us out of here. Jesus, we just thank you. Thank you for being a very present God, a very present Lord. And thank you that you say, behold, the mighty works of the Lord. And, and as we received the fullness, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, Lord, I ask that you guide us and teach us and comfort us as your promise is to help us, to counsel us in our times of need and help begin. I just pray right now for an impartation of spiritual gifts to be ignited. And Father, as Paul told, told Timothy, that we all just fan the flame, fan the flame, fan the flame of the Holy Spirit in our lives. As we wake up in the morning, Father, and give me a freshened feeling of your Holy Spirit. And just sit there and receive and breathe in the breath of life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Everybody